yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You bet your ass, baby. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Hey folks, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New shows, new podcasts every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss one. And as I tell you guys every week, the podcasts you hear, the interviews you hear on the podcast all originate on my Sirius XM radio show and all aired live. That show is Trunk Nation and it is heard Monday through Friday Live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Volume Channel 106. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern Time. And anything you want, anytime you want on the app. If you are in the U.S. or Canada and you don't have Sirius XM and you're only listening to this podcast, you are only getting a tiny, tiny fraction of what I do on a daily basis every day of the week on Sirius XM. So hope you come on board and join me. We're going to bring you two interviews this week. We're going to start off with Chris Robinson of the Black Crows, who joined me a few weeks ago on the volume show. Chris was in our Los Angeles studio. I was on the East Coast recovering and battling COVID at the time this interview took place. And Chris, uh, who was on, second time Chris has been on with us in the last year, uh, the Black Crows last year, I saw them twice, and both of those shows were among my shows of the year for 2021. So I'm really excited to know that they are going out for another run of touring starting very, very soon, once again playing Shake Your Money Maker in its entirety. They also have a brand new EP out called 1972, which is awesome. A bunch of great cover tunes from that year. So there was more to talk with Chris about that EP and, of course, the coming tour and coming plans for the Black Crows, which seem to be going great since Chris and Rich have reconciled and have done some touring and now making some music in the studio again. So we start with Chris Robinson covering all of that and a second interview for you this week with another lead singer, Stephen Piercy of Rat, who dropped by my place in Las Vegas and sat in with me for a bit. So we've got an extended length podcast for you this week. Piercy talking about what he's doing in Vegas, upcoming solo record. At the time this interview happened, he was just getting ready to play at the Rainbow 50th anniversary, which I hosted. So there's a, a lot. there was a lot to talk about at the time with Stephen, who joined me in my Las Vegas studio. He now lives in Vegas. And as you're about to hear, the future of Rat very, very much up in the air at this point, according to Stephen. There is no future for Rat. He's simply going to operate as a solo artist. So all of that in that interview coming up, we start with Chris Robinson of the Black Crows, second Stephen Piercy of Rat. If there is still a Rat, we'll find out. That's what we have for you on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let's get right into it now, starting off with the lead singer of the Black Crows, one of the greats, Chris Robinson, on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Extremely happy to welcome this gentleman back to the show. Uh, he was the lead singer in the band that was my show of the year last year, and I had a chance to see them 
play twice, a small show in Vegas, smaller place at the House of Blues, and also a shed show in New Jersey. He is the lead singer of the Black Crows. Chris Robinson joins us right now. Chris, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad to hear you're feeling better. I didn't even realize we were show of the year, but thanks for that. That's super rad. No, man. I see a lot of shows, and you guys absolutely just blew me away last year. Um, incredible how great the band sounded. How, I guess getting right into it, how did it feel? How did that? I mean, that tour was delayed uh, because of COVID, which I'm just getting over, which you can hear. But right. uh, how how did it feel? At, now that you look back on it, it was delayed. You finally got out there. People were wondering if you're going to be able to pull it off with Rich again. You clearly did a new, a somewhat newer lineup of the band. Looking back on it, how do you feel? Yeah, about yeah. It? I mean, I, I've, amazing. I think it's uh, exactly you know. I think for the, for the first time, you know, the the break we had. I mean, we really stopped being a band in 2010, and we did the tour in 2013, which, you know, for practical purposes, I mean, you know, I don't think was, you know, I felt like that was some sort of contractual obligation more than like being active in the culture of the Black Crows, you know, so. You know, to come back around so many, uh, you know, just to find like this love of, you know, the music again and have a different perspective of it. You know, life changes too. You know what I mean? Like one, a couple of years ago, there's no way I'm even dealing with Rich <laughs> or thinking about it, which is sad, you know, for the band and for family. But then a couple of years go by, I'm, you know, I'm in a different place. I'm in a beautiful place with my wife and more positive and, it just starts to come together in a in a way that the Black Crows have always worked is very organic. We have, it, for better or for worse, we never really had plans. We never really, you know. And I think that's the other thing, to be in a positive place, to reconnect with our manager, Mark Dedea, to be surrounded with the team we have, uh, really felt like we were, you know, being respected and we felt, like, nurtured in a way as opposed to just, like, being, like, the racehorse or the prize fighter or the <laughs> you know the race dog i would say maybe sometimes you know what i mean so it's been fantastic there's 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 so much i want to talk to you about i know we only have limited time but but having seen a couple shows i can say this i and because a lot of people ask me like and i was lucky enough to see you when i was in your dressing room one night and backstage and on stage and what have you a lot of people said to me like hey man what was the vibe like do you think it's just you think it's just a money grab. They're back together just in sucking it up. And they're really, I can tell you, and I said this to many people, it felt even watching the show, there were moments you looked over at Rich, looked at Rich, looked at you. There was a smile. There was a nod. It felt really, really like very genuine and very real. And, um, you know, do, do you feel that connection to you? Do you feel that after all this 30 years that's gone on, that you're you're both in a place now where you really feel this is going to work for a while. Yeah, completely. You know, I mean, we've it. You know, again, we it, it takes that time apart, and it takes like you know, I mean, Rich needed it too. Rich needed to go out and do his solo career and lead a band and you know make those decisions and you know learn by the you know you have great great moments and like really frustrating ones and i had to do the same i had to get out of it and you know i i, I had to 
not it's not a reinvention it's really truly just dropping out i had to get out of the music business or what i thought it was at the time and do something only um you know uh, to that would be completely different in presentation you know writing again there i am playing guitar and like you know putting together my you know doing all the things that i never did before so i think when you go through all that and again you come around I know it also coincides with just like, you know, you know, having a, again, being in a place where, you know, okay, I'm 55, just how much I love rock and roll and how, you know, when I'm in my solo career, I'm really not like, it's not like it's a rock and roll band, but it's not like rock and roll, like these guitars and this, you know, the music we made when we were kids and we were wild and angry and, you know, full of like, you know, these kind of idealistic you know, ideas about what our art was supposed to be and what rock and roll could be and, you know, all of it, right? So to get, to come back around and, and start playing these songs, it, it made my, it just made my soul feel good and my heart and realize like, oh, wow, we should do this too before we get too old in it and we can't really bring the fire that we still bring, you know, and not become something that's like slowed down. I mean, I'm not knocking you get everyone gets old, man. You know what I mean? Like the Rolling Stones are still rad when you see them. They're still the Rolling Stones, you know. Um I mean, I see a band like X or something like a couple of years ago and they're a little bit older than us and they like the energy they brought blew my mind, you know, like so that's the point. Like it has to have the energy. There has to be an authentic thing about it. And what that's what Rich and I have all, it's always <laughs> you know, it's made it difficult sometimes you know what i mean because i think it's hard for young people to realize like you know part of part of being a, a rock a rock and roller and like being successful was you were only as good as the trouble you made to the pe you know what i mean it wasn't about like vote for me i go to the dentist all the time you know what i mean like we were troubled people <laughs> you know that found their way through this music what no matter what kind of music it is you know the black crows we've just always had our sound we weren't metal we weren't grunge we weren't this we weren't that you know what i mean well it's timeless it's timeless music and you still do it so well and it's so i appreciate the hell out of how real it is there's a clip in your um there's a little epk we're going to talk about the ep here in a second but there's a little epk about the making of 1972 the new ep and where you guys come from as a band and what you stand for and how real and great it is, is what I'm all about. And I, I think it's so sorely lacking in music today. And it makes me nuts when I go see people and they hear bands, they talk about how great they sound. And half of it is a track. Half of it's coming off of a computer. There's a line in that EPK where you're talking about making the 1972 EP and your approach to making music in general. And you're like... We don't, we don't, we don't need no computers. We plug in amps. We just go do our thing. We sing into microphones and you go, fuck your computer. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, that's a t-shirt. That should be the name of the next leg of the Black Crows tour is <laughs> fuck your computer. Tell the D to put that out now. That's a poster, Come on, man. Write that down, would you? Yeah, For you know, real, I mean, I'm not even joking, I mean, dude. That's amazing. I think it's That's funny what rock because and roll of, is. <laughs> of course we need our technology. We would be lost without it at this point. But what I think my comment is more like you said like I you know my heroes played guitars and whether that's you know 
country musicians, funk musicians, rock and roll musicians, blues, jazz, whoever, they didn't have like, this is a digital representation of what an amp could sound like. In ear mind, you know, I get it. Everyone <laughs> likes things to be perfect. I like rock and roll to be messy. You know what I mean? Yes. I, again, I like the fuzzy sort of. I like that the Black Crows train could run off the track. It's like a cartoon, you know, in the old cartoons when the train would go around a big steep thing and it would like <laughs> hang all the way over the side and then whip back. I mean, that's what it. That's the music that's exciting, and it's again, it sounds cliche, but you know, we're just always trying to be soulful you know what i mean our presentation is about you know we want this kind of our music has also had a lot of like influences of you know r&b and funk and gospel and things you know so that comes out in our sound that makes us i think a little bit different than you know a, a straighter just a straighter head rock band you know and it's real i mean most importantly it's so friggin real one last thing on these shows before we talk about the EP, because again, there's more coming up. There's a whole nother run of dates that we'll talk about as well. But you touched on this. We all love these older acts. We all grew up with these acts. And some of them, in my opinion, have stayed too long at the party. Some of them, like the Stones, as you mentioned, are still really good. When I watch and listen to you, it's you mentioned you're 55. It's amazing how you still move and how you can still sing uh, incredibly well. Do you feel anything dropping off? Do you do you can is that a concern of yours? Do you worry that vocally you, you know you might not hit spots that cuz right now it sounds like you can still do it all, but how do you feel? Yeah, yeah, no, I feel I you know to be honest, I don't really think about it too much cuz you know what I mean? It's I I'm 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 a weird person that way. I mean, you know, I my life is far different than it used to be in terms of yeah, I can't. Yes, of course. I you know, I'm like no one smokes more weed than me and but when I go to work, I don't smoke weed on tour anymore. You know what I mean? Like I you know, there's no um insane nights of like beautiful bacchanalian madness and deranged <laughs> things happening all the time I mean, you have to remember be honest you were, do you miss that chris <laughs> just I mean, a little bit yeah of course i mean i don't i mean look the, it's not over i'm just saying things can't you know it's like i gotta work moderation you know? well you know that's what i mean like the, to be able to sing these songs and and have that energy and power. I need, you know, yeah. It's been thirty five years in some of the cases of the, or at least thirty three years since we wrote those songs. You know, when we played the forum last summer, it was fantastic. I'd never played the forum. It was a big day for us. And George Draculius was there, who you know signed us, produced our first two records, and sure. he's the great George Draculius. His name rhymes with Orange Julius, and. But he was like, sorry, buddy, I, if I thought we would be singing these fucking songs 30 years later, maybe we would have brought the keys down a couple for you. You know what I mean? And I took it totally as a compliment that, um, yeah, you, I, you can't be the same person. You know, funny, I'm really on a real high today because um, my wife and I, we went to Cruel World Festival last night in Pasadena. And saw a, mm-hmm. a lot of amazing, like, you know, what would later be called alternative bands or whatever. And everyone was amazing. But Peter Murphy and Bauhaus last night, I've seen, I've been going to see all sorts of concerts since I was 13 years old. I've seen thousands of, I'm obsessed with music as much as I am making it. 
best one of the best top two or three things i've ever seen in my life so powerful so visual so visceral so like spooky and cool it was like some apocalyptic king lear you know daniel ash just looked like a rock guitar god from another dimension it was the most incredible thing i've ever seen i just have to say that about live music i mean i love Bauhaus. i've never got to see them but their performance last night was awe-inspiring well, one band, the, speaking of your love of music, one band, well, unfortunately, you didn't cover, ba- Black Rose did not cover Bauhaus on the new 1972 EP <laughs> because it d- didn't qu- doesn't quite slot in right there. But yeah, no, uh, spe- with our theme. No, no. But speaking of uh, music you love and how, how you also are such a fan and celebrate it, the EP is killer. And there are some things on here that you did that I absolutely loved. And uh, I'll pick out a couple. First of all, the version, the, the most tell tell me your approach going into this because for the most part you did you, you stayed somewhat faithful to the arrangements of the original songs yeah and of course it's the black crows doing them but one where you kind of messed with the tempo a little bit at some points and tell me if i'm wrong was moon age daydream you kind of mixed with that you messed with that a little bit didn't you yeah and that, you know i mean that, that was our thing these songs are iconic songs you know like and we're not if we were hip and cool we could be like Sonic Youth doing it, or you know what I mean? Someone like or Dinosaur Jr. or Bauhaus, you know, which would be rad. Yeah, because their Ziggy Stardust last night was mind blowing. But you know, we wanted to. This is an homage to to these songs, and you know, I've said it before, but a lot of this music, you know, is our holy relics to us. You know, being young dudes and bands and our first band house. I mean, we listened to T Rex and David Bowie every day. But when it comes to Moon Age Daydream, it's such a rad song, and it has all those, you know, stops. But it's on every time, and I thought, instead of that, let's do like a kind of, let's rock it up like the Stooges or something. And so instead of having those spaces, we just fill it with a gang, 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 you know. It just brings the energy up for what we could do with it, you know, as opposed to, you know, when David Bowie's making that record, you know, the the recording studio is something completely different. The idea of making records is something completely different, you know. So I think it wasn't like, you know, that's just a little something different that we could do that we felt gave it a little kick or something, you know. I was really um, excited to see you do the slider by T-Rex and not get it on Bang a Gong because that's the song in America that everybody knows from T-Rex. And as I always tell people in my audience – Mark Boland and T-Rex meant so much more outside of the U.S. I mean, he's bigger than the Beatles in Germany, you know what I mean? Like T-Rex to see, yeah. I mean, and people wonder, like like here in the U.S., I can't relate to people enough, like how much more T-Rex means to people outside of the world. A dozen hit singles in other parts of the world and a whole different thing. You, I mean, he also... I mean, his his pre-T-Rex career when he's Tyrannosaurus Rex and even John's children, there's like a whole, you know, cult community that, that you know, those hippie records and those acid records, they're equally as rad. They're really out there, you know, and so there's like these two versions of him as well. I mean, three if right. you put in the, the mod sort of john's children stuff so right but my question to you is where did you because you talk about how important and i think you say it was with sven that you guys listened to a lot of t-rex i think i've heard you say that where did where did it come into your world because again in the u.s 
T-Rex is sadly known for one song, but where did it become such a big thing for you? Well, I mean, it was the you know, I mean, I remember here he would he did that song. He was a wizard. The wizard was really rad. So we're into that. But then Sven grew up in Germany. He moved to America when he was 11. And so he was a T-Rex like freak just by being, you know, adjacent to the whole thing at the time and then moving. And but the record that we played the most was The Slider, you know, and you know, I mean, it's the coolest, one of the coolest album covers of all time. The photo's taken by Ringo Starr, if you don't know that. Um, and it's just that whole, you know, kind of later where he says dandy in the underworld, you know, like this kind of little impish poet freak guy who like those Tony Visconti productions, these incredible guitars and drums. Everything is so sexy and so like, you know... I imagine it's the musical equivalent to Quaaludes, really. And people still really miss Quaaludes. That's all they all old people talk about are Quaaludes. Well, you talked about I, I mean you can't even go to the you know, you can't even go to the nursing home anymore because you want to see how they're all they're doing is reminiscing about all the sex they had while on Quaaludes. And I'm laughing because I just watched the concert you guys did for the 1972 release at the Whiskey recently. It's on my, see, Quaaludes are on my mind. You mentioned Quaaludes to, to the audience. You said, I think the last time we played here, everyone was on Quaaludes. Does anybody have any? So, yeah. No, that's I said thing. it's 1972. Yeah, right, no, right, nice. right. Exactly. Meet me, meet but, me by the dumpster. <laughs> But I thought this the version of the slider was killer. It, it, it was so cool what you did with that. And um, also, one other th I could ask you about all these tracks, but we don't have time. But I wanted to ask you about doing, I mean, doing the Stones, doing Rocks Off to open makes all the sense in the world. Doing Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Now, you could have done a lot with that. Like that track, I think the original version is something like 12 minutes long. Yeah, it's like 11 I, minutes, 50 seconds or something, yeah. I was almost surprised when the Black Crows laid up at five and a half minutes on that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, that was the thing, too. Like, we're we're not... It, it, I mean, we you know, on Rocks Off, we don't put the horns on there. You know what I mean? Like, you wear it well, we do a little different solo in the middle. You know, um, Papa Was a Rolling Stone... My whole point was how do we take 11 minutes and make it into some funky little rock and roll thing? Because it's such a rad, epic thing. But also, you know, I added the backbeat in the chorus, you know, because they don't have that on the record. And it's The Temptations, so it's three great voices singing. So I'm, you know what I mean? I have to find a way to sing it straight through the song, you know what I mean? Like to have a, another character telling the story instead of all these like, beautiful things you know but i mean yeah. those things again you know we had we made the record in three days and it was super fun and the guys we have in the band are so talented and you know i think for rich and i it opened it answered a lot of questions about the next thing that you know after this summer and the tour rich and i have been writing and writing and writing and writing and i think we're getting close to you know, having like 10 or 12 songs that we really think are the strongest out of like 30 or 40 or whatever. And we want to get in the studio. So to be at Sunset Sound in room three, I never worked there with the people we were working with and the band. It was just like, you know, boom, here we go. Like we could really, you know, the way the guitar, you know, it's dumb, but the way the guitars sound on this version of Rocks Off, I'm like, that's the coolest guitar sound. I don't know if the Black Crows have ever had a cooler guitar sound than that song. I mean, 
it's not just playing the stone song but where rich and isaiah's guitars are i'm like wow that's rad brian our drummer i mean killed the session you know like He's rich so good, singing easy to slip Gosh. you know what i mean like that's a pretty you got to really get into that song to get yeah. get get it going you know um so all these things were answered and i think put even i mean rich and i were of course extremely happy but you know we were you know the tour is the tour and now this is another dynamic another element and we were like wow this is this is great we finally have a plan and know where we're going with this you know the new um, we're just new stuff you know your drummer brian is is killer now that i've seen him a few times and you mentioned the other guitar player isaiah what a badass he is but interestingly when i saw hopefully the show your metal the hopefully your metal fans know isaiah's band earthless who are more in the sort of stoner rock realm i don't know Earth them actually Oh, you need to check out Earthless. Earth Earthless is a powerful, powerful three-piece band. It's been Isaiah's band for many years. In certain circles, he's like, you know, oh yeah, he's he's the, right. he's the king. These beautiful long musical landscapes, you know, really, really incredible band. I will look them up, but you know, I was watching the show you did at the Whiskey for nineteen seventy-two on YouTube last night, and who's in there playing guitar? And I texted him immediately. But my good buddy Charlie Starr, how did Charlie end up doing that gig with you? Well, because of, Smoke, of <laughs> because of Earthless, uh, you know, like Isaiah's been in Earthless a long time, and he had asked last year, like, I don't know, I need to do these dates that I'd promised, and we were like, of course, we try to accommodate him and 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 his band. Uh, you know, I've been friends with, I mean, Black. I named Blackberry Smoke. I gave them their name, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's right, Britt Turner. Uh, but I've been friends with Britt and Richard Turner for many, many, many years. And I even like knew of them when they were on Metal Blade and were called Nice before they were Blackberry Smoke. And Charlie's, you know, we've been friends for years. Charlie and Rich are great friends. He's an incredible musician, great singer-songwriter. Blackberry's great American rock band. Um, yeah, we were just super lucky that it could work out, that he... Because, you know, he was at Stagecoach, he did Jazz Fest, and then at the end of the month, we have a couple, we're doing Bottle Rock and another show out in San Bernardino, and we have Charlie for those too, so we're really excited to get as much out of him as possible. Yeah, man, he nailed it as well. I thought he was great. Okay, so there's more shows coming up. Uh, Shake Your Money Maker dates are coming, another run of dates. Uh, I, I don't need to remind you of this, and I know that Shake Your Money Maker, the, the anniversary was pushed back because of covid but we are now at the 30th anniversary of Southern Harmony, a musical companion. So have you thought about maybe going out and doing that one? I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't, I, I think we, I don't know. We would have to see. I mean, I know a, a box set's in the works. You know, we have a, even, you know, a hundred times more material than we had for the, you know, Shake Your Moneymaker box set. And that, then that box set went really well, of course, you know. I mean, it's the thing about the music is people who love your band, it doesn't matter if it's a, an indie band or a bigger band or an established band, people want content and they want the music, you know? People's love for music hasn't gone away. The only thing that's gone away is the media's sort of involvement with, like, rock and roll. The media's involvement with, you know, uh, legacy and art. and You know what I mean? It's like, the, why why put the time in that when a few people can, like, snap their fingers and people will listen to whatever they tell them, you know? So, but that doesn't mean it's gone away. That doesn't mean the culture's gone away. It's changed. And, you know, again, I'm 
<clears throat> you know, there's young kids in LA there's that are in great rock bands right now, you know, and they have their scenes and their friends come and they look cool and they have cool records they play. You know what I mean? It's still every it's always going on um in terms of making records and stuff. So but I don't know about doing that tour yet, you know. I think the one the other thing I think Rich and I have done, which we never <laughs> really had the luxury to do is just enjoy this time, you know, enjoy what's going on and, you know, having a good time being there and our, for our families. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, that, that sort of fuzzy glow hasn't worn off and I don't, and I think we're in a great schedule that we don't, you know what I mean? We don't feel like we're chasing anything or being chased, you know, we can be in this place and it's nice. It's really good. So the plan is to do another a whole, and you can go to theblackcrows.com, see all the dates, uh, full run of um, Shake Your Money Maker dates where you'll play, did the tour that I saw, you'll play that album start to finish and then a bunch of other stuff at the end. That's still the plan, right? right. right? That's the plan. Then, that, was our, that was our plan all along, yeah. And so then we play all the subsequent, that. like, you know, I, I always say we play all, all the songs we know you know. Right. Right. And then as far as the new music, it sounds like, and you kind of answered this, that doing this 1972 EP kind of, kind of greased the wheel a little bit for you guys to want to get into the studio and make a new Black Crows record. Yeah. Just show, like I said, you know, like this is where we want to make it. This is who we want to make it with. This is now the schedule we want to be on, you know, like before it was just still kind of up in the air. And, uh, you know, I get it. I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm a, you know, again, I was at the Cruel World Festival where all these great 80s bands played all their hits. You know what I mean? And that's what people like. But I also still think that there's, uh, I don't, you know, Rich and I got into this whole world because of songwriting. You know, I don't, I don't think that uh, before I had a voice and before he was a guitarist, before I was a performer, before all this stuff, we were writing songs, and that's what we do. And uh, I don't think we expect, you know, anything other than like, you know, we have the responsibility to make a great Black Crows record, and uh, and the opportunity. You know, and it's like, look, I get it. Like I said, my renewed sort of interest and or passion for like just like rock and roll again is kind of where these songs are coming from, you know, like and working with George DeCoulias, the guy who like put it all together the first time, you know, I think Shake Your Money, being involved with Shake Your Money Maker has given us a certain perspective, too, about why that record works you know, from the sequencing to this and that. I don't think it, we would ever be the type of people to revisit something. But I definitely see it as like, uh, it's. it seems like Shake Your Money Maker is more influential to us 30 years later than it was when we made Southern Harmony. You know what I mean? Mm. Just because you have this time to look back and realize, you know, people, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? I'm from a generation where part of being in a band was, we don't really give a fuck. You know, this is our band and, you know, we're going to do what we want to do. Um, which was a horrible fit for the music business, but it also made it available <laughs> for us to, you know, I'd rather live and die by my own sword than some executives, you know? And that really was the whole, uh, political stance we had. 
Like, cool, if I make a mistake, it's going to be mine to make, not some dude in an office who deals with 80 other bands or whatever, you know. Um, so I like where we are today in those regards. And it puts Rich and I, again, you know, like I said, Rich and I have been ruthless to each other and been horrible. And it's been some a lot of times sad and embarrassing that that's public. But you know what? <laughs> no, through our entire career together when we sit down in a room with guitars and start and he plays something and I pull out a piece of paper and start singing and writing we've that's when we've always been at our best and you well, know what I mean so that gets back to the songwriting thing of it's just healthy for us you know I know you got other things to do I know you got uh, stuff to get done there I appreciate the time uh, the new EP, 1972, is available streaming exclusively on Amazon but there is physical vinyl and CD available now, and people can get that, I'm assuming, through the website, through your site? Yes. People, it, Mark Didia is giving me the thumbs up, which means right. yes. Theblackcrows.com. The dates uh, are starting soon. You mentioned you're playing a couple uh, festival dates, but then you've got a whole nother run of Shake Your Money Maker dates. I cannot recommend more highly going to see this band, everybody. Go to theblackcrows.com to find your, your date. Your last show is at Red Rocks in in uh, Denver. I've never been there. I hear it's an amazing place. Believe it or not, I've never seen a show there. I can't think of a better band. I can't imagine it's, the weed it's the best that's going to be coming out of that amphitheater. <laughs> and that you know what? I, I do have to say, I don't. I think that <laughs> since we played Denver two nights last year, that's going to be like more of a Black Crows show of everything, kind of more that you saw in Vegas. Um, we won't be doing the shake your moneymaker presentation we'll be doing no the, the show i saw Black in vegas Crows. was still the moneymaker thing i wasn't at oh, the ones around the super bowl it was the earlier ones yeah oh oh, oh right right oh but you were there for way. the big we call that the big super backstage super spreader that's when we all got covid ah well mark asked me if i wanted to come back and see you and i said no so i'm glad i didn't <laughs> <laughs> not that i didn't want to see i had somewhere i had to be but no i i'm, I'm you glad know what it's not true i was the only one that got covid because we were like traveling with like, this whole freak family stuff so oh all right well i'm just getting past it now it's no treat but uh, i'm glad i'm on the other side listen man it's great to i hope to see you in person soon and uh of course of course thank you again for keeping it real man um on stage and off it's awesome and I'm telling you, Didia, make the poster now. The next leg of the tour, the Black Crows, fuck your computer. I love it. That's the way rock and roll is supposed to be. Real, amazing. organic, honest. Thank all you, man. The, all the troglodytes will show up because we're speaking to them. <laughs> you know. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Good seeing you. Take care, all right? Right on. Well, thanks to Chris Robinson. Great to visit with him. Cannot wait to catch more Black Crow shows later on this year. Okay, next up, as I mentioned, a second interview for you this week. The lead singer of Rat. Always a lot of controversy surrounding this band. Always people wondering if they still exist or not. Here's Stephen Piercy to shed some light on that on the Eddie Trunk podcast. How are you, bro? Fancy. Good. Are we on the air? We're live on the air right now. Oh, shithouse mouth. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you found the place. It's a little challenging to find, I know. It's a groovy path. I uh, I had Steve Stevens here, and he was walking around lost in the complex like you were. Dressed I, in black. Of course. He had his hair all up. He was walking around my pool. <laughs> his hair I was running around. Up. Well, you know, Steven, Steve's got right, that hair. Right. You can't miss that. Right, right, so right. Uh, how you like him being here in Vegas? It's a beautiful thing. You like living here? It's more my speed. And uh, should I say, 
uh, you know, there's a certain directive when you're doing business, right? In which I like to do some of. Yeah. People don't know, but it's better here. I love it here. The you know the weather's a little wacky, but enough of that. Well, it could be a little. It could be a little windy at times, and it'd be windy, sunny, sunny, rainy. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, you just played L.A. And you just played the that the rainbow, rainbow 50th. Thing. So you, was... As you called it, the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a fun. Where was, Krell was invented. It was fun. It was fucking nuts. crazy. Crazy beyond crazy. Yeah. Like there was a line down Sunset mm-hmm. for blocks. Yeah. And I saw what you did, which was the smartest thing you could possibly do because you came <laughs> in just before you played and you came off that stage and, and you right got right out of the car and got out of there because yeah. there was really no place to... Hang or nothing. No. Yeah. I was, mean, I had to have some friends there just to make room backstage. Right. It's like, uh, come on. But all good. It yeah. was a great gig. I mean, you know... <laughs> You could do so many stories and movies on that joint, you know. When did you first go there? As soon as I got into town. Which was when? 1980, January. I moved Mickey Rat into L.A. was like, yeah, I've heard of that play. I sat it that night. You got to go to the Rainbow. You know, Zeppelin's there and the Who and everybody hangs there. Van Halen, I knew, you know, tripped in there. I'd meet Dave in there occasionally, you know. And then first place we went, go to the Rainbow and get a pizza. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, yeah, and then it became you know we paid mortgage there like everybody else or whatever we could back then. Did b- back then did like would you walk in there and actually see sure. Van Halen and Zeppelin like in there? So, like, no, the not booth? Zeppelin. That I'm sure they tripped in there in the '70s, but I didn't know about it until literally you know moving there. Right. But then I knew the VH guys, so I'd meet you know see Dave in there occasionally, and we'd. You know, being there till like four in the morning. There is one funny story of me at that joint in my book that I I didn't even remember until somebody told me of about me and uh, Dave and and Ozzy in the back kitchen area. Yeah, just talking it up, but we weren't getting loaded or another. We were talking about fucking clothes. Oh, really? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, well, that's pretty. That's different. They get they get those three dummies. They get those three People dummies. would think seeing the three of you guys at that time. You know, yeah, just God like doping it up about. or whatever. And no, we're talking about fucking spandex or something. Well, that's the thing I say all the time about fans when they see me coming out of backstage at a dressing room, whether it's at a show or a festival yeah. or whatever. Like, wow, dude, what was going on back there? Yeah. And now it's like, well, we're talking about when we're getting a colonoscopy. Yeah, right. What cholesterol I meds agree. are you on? Yeah. You no. Know? How, how are the kids? Yeah, How's mine's give me a coffee fast you know <laughs> how you doing man are you, you you've been you've been sober for a while right yeah 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 it's all good uh, you're good it's with all that? good oh yeah sure good good life good. is good that, get through some other uh, there's a couple hurdles to uh get through and life's dandy and how is your health great it's hanging in there no pathetic thank you you know i actually uh love doing those cameo things because i meet a lot of people who are going through some you know cancer things and this and i chat with them so it's kind of cool give support here and there you know my my gig is kind of remissional you know uh it's just monitoring me right you know my health and that's it that's fine what know? what exactly where was your cancer what exactly did you have uh liver liver yeah, yeah. and they've got a handle on it now mm-hmm. oh, that's yeah, great yeah, lucky yeah that's great to hear. Yeah, but it's it, you know my my whole point is is pre pre 
uh, pre-med, no stuff, you know, get yourself checked and, you know, you know, if you got hepatitis, you're, you better get checked even more, you know, and get rid of that and, because that'll lead to something bad. And you, at, you, I'm looking, you're sitting here next to me in shorts Yeah, right look at now, my knees. And I'm looking at your knees, dude. Yeah, I'm wow. a warrior, man. I'll tell you, shit. That's the way it works. I don't know. Tell me about that, man. Is, was that, well, the did first you have a replacement, one, or what did you do? No, this one was a place, the left one. The right one, I chose not to, because whatever. It, and that was that one where I took that fall, you know, at that gig. Some outdoor gig festival. I lost this kneecap. It kind of just imploded, actually. And then from, you know, walking around and one not supporting the other, the other knee blew out, you know. And I actually went out there. And I'm the kind of guy, I'm going to play no matter what, you know. But it didn't work well. It didn't come out well because I, I had to, like, you know, deal with the pain and shit. And it wasn't cool because I was, like, all boozing it up. and Well, that whatever. yeah, that's when those scary videos came out. But that, that you know. We were all worried about you yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, all good. But, I mean, that's what happens. I mean, shit, I, the show must go on. That's my motto, you know. I mean, back in the day, we would do you know fuck, i don't know 25 shows in a row you know i think we one time did uh i don't know what it was i think i told her um and and it didn't matter if you were sick or broken ankle robin would go out there and play robin's eye got poked out one day <laughs> he went out there and just wore a pirate thing i get sick we just go out bob is like you know so I just learned to, you know, always play. But it can kick you in the ass if you, uh, you know, don't monitor yourself. But your knees going like that, both yeah. of them, yeah. that is that from the years of being on stage? Or were it's you doing from other just stuff? Abuse, just abusing myself, you know. Because you don't, you, like. Do Abuse you, ourselves, get it? Whatever the lyric <laughs> of a song. I just got that, yeah. Because, <laughs> you, you know, somebody like David Lee Roth, he has a lot of issues with his back, his neck. Well, he said he was jumping off well, rises yeah, and you shit. Know, you never did stuff like that. I tried, you know. I think everybody kind of emulated Dave to some extent. Hey, let me jump off of that. Let me jump off. I did. You know, I did wacky shit like have the trust come down right on me. This I remember huge that two ton trust, and that was kind of stupid. But I did it, and I would let it carry me up, and then see how far I can drop. And sometimes it got a little dummy. I remember that I saw that show at Madison Square Garden. It was dancing tour. It was yeah. because afterwards I've talked to you about this. I, I didn't really know you then, but there was a party. Atlantic threw a party at a restaurant called right. Dish of Salt. Yes. After yeah. the garden, because uh -huh. it was a yeah, big Madison deal, you Square guys Gardens, had headlined yeah. the garden. It was a sure. big night, and I went yeah. to the post party. But I remember that because this huge, you would lay down on the stage, and this huge Flat truss would back. come down like an inch from you. Yeah, yeah, and it and got then you hot. would grab it and you would ride it out up would, for a bit. Yeah, right? it would pull me up real slow until I'd see about five feet from my foot and then six feet and then it would be like abort abort <laughs> and you had to land a certain way too you couldn't land just you know i you'd have to kind of land in an angle so you can cushion your you know whatever it got dummy but we were too partied out so you know you gotta be careful i mean we were dangerous out there you know i would just think that move alone for a whole tour is the reason why your legs are all <laughs> no up right i mean there, man. put it this way i told somebody the other day war injuries well i've had tailbones ribs uh you know uh, 
tibia, uh, you know, I've busted up out there. I think everybody has. And then every singer on the planet falls off the stage once in a while, you know, or yeah. once in their life, you know. It's yeah. a deja vu, actually. Vince just did it. I just saw you posted a picture with Vince. Yeah. You were out the other day. Yeah, Vinny uh, looking good. Vin looks good. Yeah, Vin Vince looks looked good. good. People ready were to real go. concerned. Yeah. He seemed like he was looks like he's in good spirits and ready to... Yeah, we had a little chat, and it was cool, man. Always cool to see the Bordello uh, brother there. He's well, you, good. you can't... Obviously, you're not going to be able to talk about what that photo was for, no. but you and I know, and you'll be yeah. able, people will be able to see that soon. Oh, it's way cool. Mutual friend of ours doing something. And, yeah, uh, so many good people. It's crazy people involved in that it's fun yeah and vince uh used to live here in vegas for a long time doesn't yeah. anymore but obviously yeah. came in into yeah. town to do that so yeah but if you're not the same if you're not sure what we're talking about a picture with vince neal and steven and flava flave who also Flav lives here Flav. in vegas and uh they he'll be he'll be able to tell you what that's about and what it's for uh, at a later date but i'm happy we're going to talk about a lot of stuff yeah but um and i got to hit on my top of the hour and we'll get into it but most importantly yep. i'm happy you're healthy bro yes thank cause you because that's the most important thing and you know you talk about importance of getting screened i just had dave menichetti mm. on here last week and you know dave's fighting prostate cancer well, and, yeah, uh, it's pre-med with guys like us, you know, especially if you beat yourself up, you know, and you're boozing. It's cool then, but you don't know really the toll it takes on you. And yeah. even somebody now, it could be a fan or a friend or whatever, you know, you abuse yourselves, you know, tighten your belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Well, well it's, good. It's, it's, it's an important message, and Dave put that out sure. there, too, because he got yeah. screened, and thankfully he's okay and he's doing better, and he's you know he's got some treatment. He's got prostate cancer, oh, so he's terrible. got some treatment ahead of him and some stuff he's got to get through. But they caught it early because he was screened, and he's going to be good. And mm. most importantly, when we get yeah. to be you know older, nothing more yeah. important than having our health. Well, sure, and and you know in in our occupation, it's we're a lot of us are very fortunate to be around. You know, yeah. so respect your brethren. You know, yeah. We are live from Vegas today, and my place here, and Stephen Piercy has been nice enough to join me. Lost and uh, you you actually had reached out to me about coming on in the yeah, last few weeks. She sure. said, it's time to sit and talk. And So sure, before I start you hitting know. you with some stuff, what's, Yeah, what, not what too hard of- here. <laughs> I'll shut you down. <laughs> what can I possibly say? It's, it's I you know, I'm from the espionage world here. So. <laughs> but uh, before I start asking you questions and the audience asks you some questions, sure. well, what do you want to get to let everybody know? What do you they want to update They can ask anything on? you want. I'll, I'll, I mean, I, I kind of dig this. You know, this is a great form, so, you know. But what do you? But tell but, people what you have going well, on. Well, I mean, what, what I got going down happening. is is what's happening is I'm on the uh, agent uh, tour here, and we're just I'm going out solo. I didn't really plan it; kind of stumbled into it. Been trying to get my sixth solo record out for, since 2020, but Eric and I, my guitar player and and co-writer on most of my stuff solo. Uh, you know, when the tour shut down, the Rat Tour got shut down there. The whatever tour was set up for us, and and so I just kind of went into writing mode, and and you know we worked a bit, and I just kept writing and writing. Eric and I, and and you know, let's just finish the record. Let's just do it. And then we had so much material. I mean, I'd go in and record if I had an idea. I'd just go to MT Studios. Uh, another rat bastard brother matt and i would go hey i got a song let's go lay it down lay it down right away and 
which ended up being four songs i ended up calling the covid tapes ep because <laughs> did that come out no it, i i should people have been responding to those songs i just love putting shit out there you know and seeing what what gives but and i ended up calling it that just for fun but we didn't stop working and so be it we end up with 30 songs you know 25 30 songs so it's like forget the other batch we had going so we get through the covid thing the rat tour is put aside end of story um i'm working on uh two records now one is a legacy uh i'll talk about with who soon enough to be announced and and the sixth solo record which will be out hopefully the end of the year and i'm excited about that now uh, you you were working with a uh, friend of mine at a studio here in Vegas, Ron Mancuso. Yeah, that's stuff. where I'll probably end up recording the record. Yeah. Now, let me tell you what Ron said to me, because mm. Ron called me up before you went over there because mm. you were new to town and he was asking sure. me about you and he knew we were friends. And I said, yeah, Stephen's great. You should meet mm. with him and go over. And Ron's got a great studio there. Oh, great amazing. guy, talented guy. Yes. And Ron said, when after you guys had connected and worked together a little mm. bit, I talked to Ron and oh. I said, how's it going with oh. Stephen? And you know uh-huh. what he said to me? And I find this really interesting because I brought this up to you before. <laughs> yeah. I never think of you ever as playing guitar. Yeah, right. Because right. you've always just fronted rat. You've sure. never had a guitar. Sure. But he said to me, he goes, you know what's amazing? He <laughs> goes, he comes in and he puts a guitar on and mm-hmm. shows, us, shows me stuff he's written. Mm-hmm. He goes, and he has such a unique way of playing guitar that the minute you hear him play guitar, it's fucking rat. He goes, it's the rat sound. Well, he goes, and, I, and and now we know yeah, Warren's an yeah. amazing player. Yeah, and, my guy's Robin. And, and Robin, and, of course. Sure. But but he just said that there's, it's just something I would never expect from a producer <laughs> yeah, to right. say that there's a, a part of the guitar sound of rat is coming from the lead singer who yeah. doesn't play guitar ever on stage. Sure. I think I played guitar on one rat tour later on. We were actually kind of a four piece. So I go to Warren, hey, I'm just going to throw on a guitar and play half the set through, right? It doesn't work. That's not what Rat is about. That's not how I created Rat to be in the first place. It was to be a two-guitar band. And yeah, I, you know, so, well, the EP, you know, so be it. I mean, I love, I mean, it's a little, people are just figuring out I play guitar. Right, right? I know. I've been playing since 1975, 1975, you know, as a kid. And, and, you know, the whole EP is, is Mickey Rat songs from the seventies, you know, even in your direction was written in 1979. I wrote that then. And, and, you know, I write stuff, but you can kind of tell it to me, like drive me crazy, closer to my heart, you know, whether it be a fast or slow, you know, you can tell it's different than per se, like a lack of communication right. or something with all of us on there. Way cool. You can tell it's a Warren trip. Who wrote, the, who wrote the riff to round and round? It was Robin and Warren and myself. Okay. You know, they were, they did their bit, you know. Right, right. And I do my bit. Arrangements and some guitar stuff. But you can't notice. I mean, it's it's interesting you say that, or he got that perspective yeah. because I, I really don't really think about it. But lately, 
through the years, I have been thinking about because I want people to know I do write. I'm not just this guy, singer dude who just goes up there and parties and whatever. Right. You know? No, I just found it. He said to me, he goes, yeah, he goes, his guitar playing. I go, wait a minute, he was playing guitar. That's cool. He said, he yeah. Said, yeah, he goes, and as soon as you hear I him, love it. Him, him start playing, he goes, he has a unique way that's just, it's it sounds, it's like yeah. the the vibe of rat. You that's cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. We'll be doing the record there, and it's an amazing place. And the idea is we bounce back and forth together right away i'm like oh this is fucking crazy i'm just gonna stay put yeah you know because we have so many songs i mean it's ridiculous i can literally put out i don't know three solo records you know so you had said and you've been on the record in saying that you're not interested in rat unless the original guys came back together yeah has there been any movement on that or is it a dead issue well i mean i will give you a bit of something there was an opportunity presented to all of us i know and you know, and it. it's it it has besides a lucrative thing, it has it would be amazing. I mean, I will not do another rat record unless it's all of us. There's no reason you won't get the rat sound. I mean, we got close, and people I think got a little pissy at me for saying that about infestation. Like you know, I really didn't think we hit a home run. I mean, Warren and I basically you know handled that record. Uh, um, but Cavazza was involved. It was the last record, which is over 10 years ago. Yeah, and, you know, to me, that's it's you can put a label on it, but it's not rat. You know, like you're saying, it's identifiable to the guitars and the whatever sound. We didn't get there. And, 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 and then uh, also it had to do with, you know, the position. I mean, you know, the mind that all of us were in at the time wasn't so together you know doing that record but we did the best we could so for everybody who thinks uh, you know gets pissy about infestation i love that record my favorite song is is eat me you know uh uh eat me up alive but carlos and i uh wrote the first two singles uh, um mm-hmm. and best of me with warren yeah so i mean it, it is what it is but you put a label on it and and it's just just because the label's on it doesn't mean it's rat you know I mean, who knows? Somebody else could have. I mean, because back in the day, we we kind of wrote with a bunch of people, you know, and I didn't mind it at all as a co-writer, as a writer guy. Like, I loved writing with Diane Warren on on, on that one song we did. Giving uh, Yourself Giving Away. Yourself away. Which is and a song, Desmond. Which is a, that you song know. is co-written by you. Diane Warren. Diane and Desmond. Warren and Desmond Child. Now, yeah. just for people in terms of the scope of the time of what was going on there. Oh, yeah, right. Diane Warren and Desmond Child still mm. are enormously successful songwriters. But back then, as red hot as you could get. That's right. And usually it's one or the other on the track, yeah. not both. Giving Yourself Away is Diane Warren, yes. Desmond Child, and you with yeah. the credit. Yeah. How did that that come together that song it was desmond presented as uh because he produced that record right sure and i was way open look i love writing that's one thing i do every day is try to write believe it or not i don't you know uh, uh i try to write songs and and when you're presented with hey you know you want to write with this guy you want to write with that guy it's like sure like jim valance the uh, 92 arcade stuff loved working with jim valance who was brian adams co-writer yeah and bon yeah. jovi and aerosmith you know and that whole group of people and hudson mark hudson right. you know and and but this co my point is this 
didn't guarantee a hit giving yourself away, did it? It didn't. No, it didn't it become did not. a hit, no. No, it and it's single, an amazing fucking song. You know, we're going to start playing it live in my solo, actually the solo band soon enough because people want to hear it. I mean, you know, even Rat, when we were together uh, two, three years ago doing whatever, we never touched into the best songs, some of the best songs that we had. Granted, you can't play them all, but you can surely put the uh, some you know, cool songs in there. I mean, I get tired of being way cool, you know? And uh, some of those songs, I'd rather dig deep in City to City or or Morning After again. We had Sweet Cheater. Cheater I put in, yeah. you know, and so I'm putting in Giving Yourself Away, a couple more solo tunes, and Arcade, Nothing to Lose, you know, whatever we can. And just have a good time with it when I, when I go play. It's the best thing about my solo project is I get to just do different things you know it's not so pigeonholed it's hard though isn't it because it is because you know and and this is a good problem to have rat has a good eight nine songs you have to do we have to yeah and then of course you want to touch on your solo record sure you mentioned arcade which people forget about that stuff some great Mm -hmm. stuff in there freddie fred Corey, our good buddy and then of course you've got songs that maybe should have been hits but weren't but our sure. fan favorites like giving yourself away sure. i know so i know uh, uh, somebody who would love to hear you play that song live. yeah and nobody rides it's like nobody i it was kind of, i was getting tired song. of the songs people were liking and about but you know but you can't play it all you can you want to keep you, you got to play to the masses right. and not everybody's a hardcore fan and then it depends on what i get off on if i'm out there jacking ain't gonna do anybody any good right i mean i don't like going through the motions i like to feel like i'm going to battle you know deliver the goods and i mean i would love to do morning after again and and some of these other tunes oh yeah you can why why do you it, it, to the fans that can't explain understand when you look at the arc of rat in the last i don't know yeah. 5 6 years you you've been out do you did it, the band with just Juan at one sure. point it wasn't long ago because i introduced you on yeah. the cruise it was We're you Warren, touch, juan and carlos sure we'll touch and on. then and bobby, bobby did his own thing well here so how can it not all come under the umbrella how can why when fans are frustrated you would like this to happen where I'll is the breakdown it. i'll explain it and yeah. so we can get it over with yeah i mean look if the fucking components don't work i'm not going out there with broken parts nor am i going to go out there and mislead my audience or our audience of the and and rip them off of the true legacy of the band you know granted no disrespect great players you know we've great players you know great humans and and all this and that but business aside you know you got it right here. You got four of the original guys. I'm not one to go, hey, guys, come on, you know, whatever. If it happens, it happens. I don't give a shit. I can go out and, and, and do my, you know, me, you know, uh, and deliver the goods. Because it got to be a little convoluted with these different guitar players. There's where that no disrespect comes. Different guitar players here, different guitar players, different drummer, different bass players. Different, different versions of the band. And it's different like, well, holy shit, it's going to stop. And that's all I did was just say, just stop for a second here, man. And then out of the blue, we're presented with this 
opportunity, which Just you know about recently. recently. And yes. I'm thinking, wow, maybe this might, you know, for shits and giggles, the guys might dig it, you know, besides <laughs> lucratively. But it just it ain't gonna it ain't gonna fly, and that's where you put the you know, just leave it alone, you know, leave it alone. Sorry, you know, but that's life, man. Not to quote know? a classic rat song, but is there a lack of communication? Is that the issue? Is it there was a there's a lack of something, but you know, it <laughs> has nothing to do. If it had to do with business, I'm in. If it has to do with hey, you're copacetic and you just want to kick back now and enjoy your life or what legacy you had. Well, that's all bitching too, you know. So I have no qualms either way. So you're I saying, keep moving. So reading between you know? the lines, it sounds like some of it is business, but for others, members not wanting to do it, it's just we're checked out. I'm just not into it. It could be that I can. All I can do is make my own assessment of the situation, and that's when when you make a phone call and you get no response, and I won't say with who or what, where, when, why fuck it i don't care we're all we're all alive we're all healthy we're all groovy i don't know i hope everybody's cool you know but i just got tired of the people coming and going and this is rat that's not rat because we have a whole new audience like every day all these young people and they see that marquee or they see that brand and they think oh it's those five guys with that blonde dude and you know and that uh, warren Martini guy and then you pull in and you're like well what the fuck yeah that's a singer guy you know uh but you know so i just personally just wanted to me i just stepped out for a bit and and hey it's nobody's fault but the way things are just happened you know a tour didn't go down covid this that and i went i have no time for this to start up again to to rehash or do something and so be it make whatever assessment you can but i love that the opportunity was presented and hey let's hope because i will not let there be another rat record unless all of us are involved so you probably will never get one all i can do is give you some of the archives which will happen soon enough yeah because i think from the fan perspective they sit back and they look you did a stream during covid yeah lots came up and did some sure. stuff with you yeah. you the last version of the band was you and juan yeah uh, just before that there was a version with without blots with warren and so does just, that get silly or what it just all spirals out and nobody yes. knows what and then blots did his thing it's like sure. it all turns into this like what's actually going on and that, sure. and there's and like you said there is a new generation of fans there's yeah. a great opportunity out there and it just seems like it's such a missed opportunity because mm. four of the five of you are still standing sure. still healthy and, and still, it's a just it's it's a discredit to our legacy yeah you know and here nor there, I'm not pissed off about it. I, me, I'm the kind of person, fuck it, I move forward. Hence, you get these solo records and you get these other projects from me. I just don't sit around. I don't like to. I like writing. I love music. I love our business sometimes, you know. Well, let's be honest, uh, Stephen. But it is what it is. Here's the thing, too. Let's be honest. You, yeah. I think, honestly, while why, unfortunately, your band is in limbo limbo flux nobody knows right <laughs> you're doing to me and i'm not just saying this because you're sitting here yeah. you're doing the smartest thing you could do focusing on your own thing and going out and playing the songs because sure. you you know you have just as much right to that material as anybody you oh, sang 100%. it you co-wrote most of it so you could really oh, own it. look, look at it. what look at what vince had did while motley was dormant all that time well you vince know, went out and did great business playing all mm -hmm. motley Crue songs he's the voice of the band who and yeah. in that case the fans don't care who wrote the 
the well, you know, that can happen, and that happens all day long now. But if you see what's going on, which I'm sure you do in our business, in the bands, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, look, life is short, right? Oh, yeah. We just lost somebody else. Uh, autograph, rest in peace, brother. And, Randy, yeah. Uh, Randy. Um, so, you know, take it as is. Me, I say, you know, there's no time but this time, right now time. You know, if you miss it, you miss it, you know. But I'm just moving. I'm having a great time I mean, right now knowing that I can get these records out after COVID, COVID, you know. But we got a lot of dates. We'll let people in on it, and there's more to come. And there's some exciting stuff going down. I'm happy mm-hmm. about it. I mean, look, if I, if I can carry what legacy I created, rat then i will i'm not out to prove anything but hey i wrote those songs these are my songs come out to a party i've written other songs too you know arcade this and that so you know it is what it is yeah no i i think it's smart i think that what i think the band sounds good you sound good you're healthy you're singing well Mm -hmm. you always you know you always look good up there i mean i think it's the smart thing to do in if you can't if the if if the other guys circle the wagons, great. But if yeah, not, right, right, right. you know, you, look, and let's be honest, most of these bands on this circuit only have one, if any, well, original members. So if you got the singer, which you are, well, that's another point I was going to say too. You know, so it's not out of context with anybody your audience knowing that some people do pass away and you know you're getting just bands that are, i mean look at uh, uh what is it uh journey not journey Foreigner. uh foreigners and even foreigner unless mixed steps out right. there for I a know. song or two you know I but know. there are but, no original lineup bands though. well sylvia and you know what maybe and, and this is where the cover bands <laughs> make a good living oh yeah you know your your uh, cover bands yeah, yeah i think there's a rat or two cover band out there i'm sure hey i want to let the, the audience would love yeah. to ask you some questions so let i'm gonna let, let them ask you a question but i have one final thing from me that i always wanted to ask you that i'm interested in yeah we talked about what you did on stage as a front man back in the day and the lighting rig and how you sure. performed I always thought that you were, for the time, a very unique frontman. I thought that Thank the you. way you moved on stage was very unique. I always thought your voice, and I still think your voice, is super Trippy. cool. And I no, <laughs> very no, seriously, very cool and very identifiable. You know, mm. when you when you hear you sing, it's immediately that's Stephen. You never mm. so so vocally and from a stage performance standpoint, because yeah. back in the eighties, you weren't the guy. You, I mean, yeah, you moved, but you weren't. Mm. You weren't just swinging the mic around your no. head or any of that. No. So can you tell me, like, as far as the influences on you, oh. vocally and performance-wise, sure. where, did, where did that come from? Okay, well, I mean, look, it, it's no mystery that I love Daryl Smith, right? Rats in the cellar, out of the cellar. Me too. Right. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. there's some, yeah, yeah. you know, right. some of the song, Walking the Dog. Round and the Round. Dog, they have Round and, and round, round on Toys in the Attic. Yeah, you, you know, the three bands that have a song, I'm sure there's others, but the three bands that have a song called Round and Round that I love is the Stones, Aerosmith, and Rat. Yeah. That have done Walking the Dog also. The, the Walking the Dog? There's yeah. Another, yeah, that's yeah. A, but, but, you know, um, yeah, well, it's all... You know, so you, my so you, influences you took it were from literally from from Arrow, uh, uh, Zeppelin was my real first influential, especially after I saw him. It was like game over. You know, when did you see him? In seventy, twice in seventy three, and once in seventy five. Mm-hmm. And talk about 
getting a beat down. Holy shit. Three and a half hours and you might be on acid, pocket full of weed, rolling papers. <laughs> you start at this end of the arena and next thing you know, you're right up front. An hour later, you're like, I mean, Zeppelin gave you almost four hours. Yeah. You're moving around with the audience and, and you know, it was the fucking craziest thing. But uh, it would definitely be planned, you know, but I was a guitar player, so I really didn't have a niche to be a singer. It just yeah, kind of stumbled Yeah, you didn't emulate Plant in any way. Like, you, whatever, no. you, whatever those influences were, Tyler, Plant, when you, you... Oh, I forgot to tell you, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Blue Oyster Cult and Eric Bloom. Right. And, and you know... Who's much more of a static guy. He doesn't move sure, too much. Sure, guitar player. Right. See, I'm a guitar player first. Right. Mickey Rat, four years doing that. Right. Five, maybe. And it was, I got on, I really liked that. Paul Stanley, I called it the Paul Stanley gig. Sing, guitar player, guy, right? But I wasn't one to kick it up and this and that. And then I was just asked too many times do you want to just sing and i went okay well let me try to find a niche you know my own gig okay i like plant i like tyler i like eric i like ozzy you know uh, uh so many people and i don't know to be honest i just you know but those are my influence was there a vocal so, influence i mean no i would sing to uh, zeppelin 24 7 or anything you know aerosmith those are the main you know, bands that I was into. Right, right. You know. But, you know, then again, I would be also listening to like Billy Cobham records in the 70s, believe it or not, or Holdsworth and, or, or Roy Gallagher, mm -hmm. uh, names people probably don't even have a clue of. A legendary you know? Irish guitar player who yeah. passed away. Yeah, mm -hmm. Rory Gallagher had a big influence on a lot of people, but he's just not a household name in this country, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, uh, the overall rat sound, though, like getting back to that, is is wasn't with these co-writers at all, you know. Is and I love writing with them and, and writing with co-writers, but our hits didn't come from co-writers, right? Dude, you know what I'm saying? And I'd say it then, you know, this is all great, and I'm embracing it because I want to learn and have that experience writing with these great fucking people. There's still a couple people I I would love to write with, Linda Perry, um, but uh, you know. Uh, it came from us and and you know when you throw robin out of the mix hence the last records we did not collage the other ones it's not gonna ever be what it was yeah. never i don't care what you put into it unless i wrote a song like direction and it just somehow sounded like the rat song you know but and it just goes to show you you could get the as as we mentioned, this song, um, Giving Yourself Away, which should yeah. have been a hit and wasn't, and mm -hmm. was co-written by uh, biggest the writer two Robin. biggest writers still now, but yeah. at that time, it, it shows it, it, it isn't, you can, the stars really have to align in a lot of ways because oh, yeah. it, 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 you can't just go get the hottest writers and it no. doesn't guarantee a hit by any stretch. Mm -hmm. But what you did vocally and performance-wise those influences, all great influences, Somehow. but you made it your own because mm. I would never look or hear mm. you and say he's he's acting like or singing like any mm. of those people. You you're uniquely your. Well, your I gotta thing. tell you, thank you. What I gotta tell you, when I first moved to L.A. and the first people we met were Motley, you know, Robin and I trolled with, hence the Gladiators and and this and that. But you know, the whole scene was. David, you know, if it was a singer standpoint, I was a guitar player when I first moved to L.A. Mickey Rat, four-piece, guitar singer, right? So I was just taking notes, 
hanging out with VH, taking notes and whatever, until it was like, wow, Jakey pulls out as a, you know, and that's when I really started singing, when Jakey pulled into the band as just a singer guy mm -hmm. from, for uh, the incarnation of Mickey Rat into Rat. And then I just went with whatever the scene was. I knew Vince was out there. There was Kevin Debro. There was uh, Great White. There was Striper. There was uh, well, different names. Dante Rock's Fox, regime. Rock's regime. Yeah. And the, so the scene was a little different. So it was easier for me to find my own thing. Yeah. I mean, I was constantly evolving as we look back sometimes on my the image, you know, which we take very seriously. And, right. And and even back then, I didn't want to look like anybody. I didn't want the band to definitely not look like anybody. I mean, you had Wasp, you had you know, you had all these guys. So it was kind of easy for me to find my own guy, right? You know, my own identity, right? You right. know, but it was with taking a lot of notes from uh, the VH guys that I really or Dave watching Dave back then. Are you kidding me? You know, going from Zeppelin and then seeing him. Yeah, it was a real awakening for a lot of people. That band, I yeah. think people should really. Don't underestimate the, the the validity Van Halen had on the whole industry. Oh, I don't so, think they do at all, know. nor should they. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, joining me today is Stephen Piercy. We covered a lot of stuff about his solo stuff going on, new music coming, uh, solo dates. Go to go to his website. Yeah, officialstephenpiercy.com. Got some groovy dates, Showplace Theater, Buffalo, uh, Kegs, uh, whatever, there in Jordan, New York, The Vault. Uh, mass uh, i've been there that's a cool it's an old bank it's yeah, a cool venue yeah we've got some good stuff m3 uh orange loop fest atlantic city taylor summer fest taylor michigan canyon clubs we're doing all of those smack everybody around there Pigtown palooza and uh rock the dam uh, the venue colorado and August 13th, whatever. Monsters on the Mountain, Rock Timber. So there's some groovy shows. Come cool. On. Yeah, 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 good yeah. stuff. Go, so go out and see Steven. We covered a lot of different things here. His health, which thankfully is good. Oh. That's yeah. most important. And uh, Everybody's health. Now, of course. Uh, and now let's get to some of you guys. I promised you a chance for you to call in and ask Steven Whoa. a question. We start in the Bronx, New York, with Joey joining us right now. Joey. Yo. Yes, what's up, what's up? Listen, I'm a first-time caller, everyday listener. God bless you, Eddie and Steve. Thanks, Joey. Um, Very cool. I, I met you, Eddie, at, at Dingbats, at the metal show thing with my daughter. I told you I grew up with Mark Morton. I was like his first drummer before the Lamb of God. It's like an ugly divorce, like rat. Mm. Um, <laughs> so listen, I'm, I'm, call, listen, yeah. I'm calling because Steve, Steven, Yo. I want to tell you, Yo. bro, I never understood. Yeah, yeah am I, am I, uh, Real quick, Eddie, my, I'm from the Bronx. It's, Something slips out. I'm okay, like a language-wise? Yeah, yeah. You can say anything the fuck you want. Oh, fuck. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> Listen, Steve, I was, I've been uh, in love with your band and you since, like, you know, since the EP, okay? Walking the Dog, uh, all, Way all cool. you think you're tough, all that stuff, man. That's, and uh, the reason I'm calling, and I always wanted to tell you this and to see your yeah. take on it, is I was at that Paramount show, okay? Ah, Paramount New York. Show, okay? but, yeah. Yeah, but now remember, remember, I saw you back in the in the 80s, okay? So I've seen mm. you say when people are ripping billboards off sold-out shows and all that crap. This show, to yep. me, was one of the best fucking shows I've ever been to in my life. And I don't understand all these fucking people, this apology you had to put out, all these people complaining and bitching, God bless all those clean and sober blokes, uh, dude. God bless sure. Friday, okay? 
But, dude, yeah, right. you went on stage. You're getting freaking smashed with Jack Daniels. You're taking shots. Your knee's all blown <laughs> out. It was pure yeah, right. rock and roll. Everyone's complaining yeah. about people playing the tracks. You're going up there keeping yeah, it right. so fucking real that you're on the on – uh, you're take, taking shots at Jack. I love you. Yeah, I right. thought that was one of the best rock and roll shows ever. What's up with that? Why do you – do you feel that you had to apologize that much? I mean, fuck these people. No. Well, Go ahead. I'll well, tell well, you well, what. That was hold on, Joey. I know what he's that talking was, about. And Joey, I'm all, I, I I appreciate the call, but we got a ton yeah. of calls, so I'm going to keep moving. But yeah. he's talking about where you I were know. not. I know. Well, I on know. Stage. I remember. That's what I said earlier. Yeah, Joey. I mean, sure. I I appreciate everything you said, but right, right, I think right, Stephen, right. you would even agree that's oh, not how yeah, you want to perform. That, that's not the. That's yeah. not what happened. I I just found you know I just got into another bag of tricks that night to ease the pain there. But I'll tell you what, though, what's ironic that you said people thought I uh, uh, sang the tape. I've done some shows, and I don't know what's going on, but we've had people complaining that I'm singing to a tape, and I'm like, I'm the last fucking God, person no. to sing to a tape, man. God, but no. thank you if you think I sounded that great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Usually it's better than you fucking suck. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I mean, Joe, I appreciate where you're it's coming from, Joey, roll, that man. he went out yeah. and he, he the spirit of it, but yeah, the, the health of it, not that's good. not what you... And, and if you're going to see a show, you don't want to sing or not no. be able to stand up and holding on to the drums to not fall well, down. Nobody I gotta wants that. I gotta tell you, the only time I literally had to shut down a show is when I had a hernia on fucking stage. It like was getting ready to burst in my belly here. Remember that? And I, paramedics had to come out and half of the show done over. See you. Goodbye. Jeez. So, you know, it's, that's, that's a, the way to go out. Not being loaded. Right. You know? Right. Uh, Jason in Pennsylvania. Go ahead. You're almost Stephen Piercy. Hey, Stephen. And hey, Eddie, how y'all doing? Go We're ahead. good, man. What's your question for Steven? Yep. Uh, when, what year was your uh, band uh, formed, and what is your favorite rat song? Uh, the rat, as we know it, the legacy rat, the real rat. Um, Bobby knows all these questions by the day, minute, hour, I swear. Uh, early 83, kind of instigating the end of 82. But 83, my favorite rat song. I just love the EP. I mean, I just, people ask me that. It's not round. It's not lay it down. It was the EP because that's what established our ground in that town, you know, so to speak, the Sunset Strip. Is there any movement on that getting a reissue? Because it's the ownership of that is in this oh, weird yeah. place, oh, right? Oh, let me tell you something. It'll be released. I'll release it next year. It'll oh, the EP. Done. Oh, yeah. So oh, you yeah. get it it's out, coming. vinyl, CD, everything from it'll, people. It will be here next year. Oh, that's good so, to hear because yeah, there was yeah. like it was a it was an independent label that did it, and there was right. some legality with that, right? Trying no, to get it back. No, no, no. We're finding the tapes. Do you have yeah, the masters? Yeah, but it's all been settled, and it's all been settled of of uh, the ownership of that that platter there. Do you have the masters of the EP? Do you know where they are? Yeah. All right. It's going to be released. So I'm saying that would be good, too, because if you have the masters, you sure. can remaster it and you can really do a cool version of it. I don't know if I'd like to remaster it. Leave like it the way it was? Leave it the way it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and the long version of Back for More is insane. And, and walking, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. And maybe you're in trouble. That was a, a bonus track in Europe on the EP. Yeah. You know, here's Tristan in Arizona joining us now. Hey, Tristan. Hey, Eddie, I met you at the Rainbow the other night, and I shook your hand. That was the dude that looked 10. I just wanted to say thank you for saying hi to me. There was a lot of people there. 
Um, you know, you brought the strip back to life, man. I mean, I'm almost in tears right now, dude. I've been watching that metal show for for years, and you know everything about right the Sunset Strip. You know, I saw it that night, and when I was there, I didn't even think I was in 2022. And Stephen Piercy, I fucking love yes, you. Sir. Um, and man, you, you guys are epic as fuck. I can't believe it, you guys. I've been on the phone for an hour. Um, I'm in Keeman, Arizona right now at Stromboli's. If you guys ever come to Keeman, Arizona, you guys want free pizza, come to Stromboli's, uh, the original Stromboli's on Andy Devine. Hey, man. We'll get you some free food. You guys are about an you hour away. That I just want to let you guys know I love you. You guys kick ass. You got uh, uh, You plug that here. restaurant, <laughs> pal. Pounding like a drum, man. I love you guys. Right on, brother. Tristan, thank you, man. Good to meet you at the Plug Rainbow. And, uh, yeah, man. We, you, Steven, you and I eat like kings if we go to Stromboli's in yeah, Arizona. Right. We'll, we'll, it's going to happen. Yeah, we'll get there, man. Thank Strom you, Tristan. Bonies. I'll create a song for them. Good to meet you. And, and you know, he's right. In the mayhem that was the Rainbow Party on Sunday, and it was mayhem, yeah. there was a line <laughs> of people down the block that couldn't get in, unfortunately. They had like four times the amount of people that they normally have. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it sucks for the people that couldn't get t couldn't get in, but Tristan's point yeah. was interesting. It was a bit of a throwback. It yeah, didn't feel was, like right? on the strip that it really was '87 mm -hmm. because there were that many people just taking over. And, there were that many rock fans, right? And in one you space. know, I found out that place was hopping at 4 a.m. Rainbow. Yeah, still. Yeah. Well, so, I, it's funny because some that's of the old days. Yeah, some of my friends from. Um, from Ace Freely's crew, because Ace played at the at, with Alice Cooper the same night at oh. the Greek. Oh, and they they came by at like twelve thirty. That's a cool bill. Yeah, they came by at like twelve thirty to come to the Rainbow. They just thought it was going to be quiet on a Sunday night no. and get some nice. pizza and a beer. And they're like, yeah, "What the hell right. went on here?" They saw they me couldn't on the sidewalk. Get in. It was like mayhem. They're like, "What? What went on?" That's I walked nutty. out. I walked what? out about ten o'clock, and as I'm walking out, yeah. I'm and I'm walking past the line of people. Still waiting to get in. Yeah. Somebody pulls my sleeve and goes, "Eddie, can you get me in?" It was Kip Winger. I oh no! God. I was Kip. Call me up next time. I got him in. I got him. Uh, I, I said, "Guys, Kip's out there." But it's just—it was what a scene. It was crazy. Yeah, it was throwback, definitely. It was. You know, and just looking out there, I mean. I this all just started recently, those parties in the parking lot. And well, I didn't know they do two a year, but this was I didn't either. way more than they've ever had because it was 50. Yeah. And, uh, just I did one of them. I did the 14th. Uh, one in 214 or something. I did one before, but this was the... I had to do this. When they asked me to do it, I went, of course, man. I'll... I'll it's the, my our, our we grew up here. Well, well me know? too. I mean, I've got so much history there. Not not yeah. being I'm not from California, but going from back to the '80s, and uh, I was honored they asked me to do it for I the 50th. I was honored because I spit up all over that place <laughs> over the years. Jesus, I think all of us did that one 1983, four two, whatever. And a lot of people did on Sunday night. Still, oh, I'll tell yes. you that. Okay, we got a few minutes left to go, about 10 to be exact. So we'll get a few more quick calls in. We'll let Stephen Piercy get out of here. Uh, great hanging with him, as usual. Uh, let's say hello to... Kick his ass, Steve. Say hi to Brian, who's in Minnesota, joining us right now. Hey, Brian. Brian. Hey, guys. Hey, Stephen. Great to talk to you. Long-time fan, long-time listener. Um, Very cool. Hey, I wanted to ask you about yes, the sir. infestation record that uh, you were yes, talking sir. about earlier yeah. i loved that album i saw that tour <laughs> i thought the tour was great i still have mm. the t-shirt i know you've said Michael. that it's not a true rat album to you if yeah. you could go back in time and redo it what would you do differently with that album well i would have um 
I would have the original guys. If I had my way, it would be the original guys, but hence there was no Robin. And that's when things kind of changed for me. I got to say that and put it out there. My whole perspective on what monster I created and us as a band and our legacy. You know, uh, when Robin was out of the picture, I knew it was pretty much, you know, we did what we had to do. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I mean, look, I put a lot of shit and, you know, a lot of time, sweat, blood into creating that beast with Robin. You know, he was a very important part. And I knew when he, he was, you know, out of the picture and, and, and it would never be the same. You know? mm. But we get close. You know what, I'm, I'm Brian, I say, I call it, you know, it's good, but no cigar. You know, you, you didn't. You know, it wasn't rad. And to me, I mean, I've been through all of those motions and notions and oceans. And and it just, I'm affected a little bit more differently. I take it a little bit more personally than anybody else. Somebody would go, that's a great record like you. I love it too, man. My favorite song, Eat Me, Eat Me Alive, you know. Uh, but I just don't think we'll ever be there unless it's the uh, is original. And unfortunately, guy. it can't be because, it's not going because be. Robin's no longer with us. Correct. So so it doesn't sound like even if Rad ever came together again, there would be no point in doing a record because sure. you don't. You're, you're you're saying it can't be because Robin's mm -hmm. not there now. If you were to play live with the remaining original four members, mm -hmm. that would be as close as you could get representing yeah, sure. it live. Obviously, right? Uh, of course, and, and even on record, that's why I say if you're gonna do it. Don't do it half-ass. I'm our legacy, man. You know, appreciate it, you know, and respect it because it's our legacy. That's all I'm trying to do is well, get was, it, Juan, you know. Juan wasn't on Infestation, right? No. That was Crane, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. So you know, oh, I didn't Crane realize that. That's just hitting me. Yeah. Matter of fact, Robbie Crane was in the in Wrath longer than Juan. And that's what I'm trying to say, which some people don't understand. I fucking love and appreciate everybody and anybody who's followed us through the years, who invest in us, who... You, hey, look, I'm all about turning you on and, and just enjoy your shit and whatever. But you know what I mean? Right there again, you know, uh, he wasn't in there. And, and so that's why it kind of gets me a little bit, you know, rubs me, you know. Mm. I haven't thrown in the towel by no means, my friend. You know, that's all. I'll, I'll be flying that rap banner flag to the day I die. That's my creation, you know. Let's say hello to... Uh... Let's say hi to Ross. He's joining us from Connecticut right now. Hey, Ross. Connecticut. Ross. Ross. Mm, maybe. Ross, I'll I think I heard there. something. Ross, you there? Ross must have walked away from the phone. Let's see if we get let's see if we get Ross back. Here's Carlos in Florida. Yo. Hey Carlos. Hey Eddie. Carlos. Everybody's defending infestation. No, the EP. Oh, the EP. Oh, I thought you were talking about the. Are you talking about the EP, Carlos? I just wanted to add in about the. Uh, there is a little parallel with uh, Ace and uh, you know Mick. Carlos, Mick you're Taylor. Carlos. Carlos, I'm sorry, buddy. I got to let you go. You're on a speakerphone or something. You sound super distant. We can barely hear you. But we thank you for it. listening. Uh, we got. I think we got your point. Ross yeah. in Connecticut might be back. Ross. Hey, I'm here. There you You're are. You're on the air, uh, man. I want you to thank Steven. We, uh, I saw him in 98 in Japan. It was the last date of their Japan tour. And we were kind of oh. heckling the band from the stage. 
And <laughs> Stephen came up and gave us three backstage passes. We went backstage. We were hanging out with him. He went back you to the awarded hotel a and meet me at the Hard Rock. It's a fucking party, man. I don't give a shit. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, so be it, man. Yeah. He right was, on, brother. Such a gentleman. And uh, right we, went, we were at the Hard Rock together after, and there was a Japanese girl trying to pick you up. And you're like, hey, can you translate for me? And I said, yeah. She says she wants to go back to your hotel room with you. And you're like, oh, mm. thanks. And you guys took off for the night. <laughs> hey, but Ross, oh, do, you, do you literally speak Japanese, or were you just making that up at the moment? I do, yeah, I do. Oh, you do? Okay, oh, so you really so, it, you really did understand what she, that really was what she was saying. Right, yeah, yeah. So they were at the bar, <laughs> and then they, they left for the night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 98, that's, was a great uh, that's, you guys, that's 24 years ago, ago man. Yeah. That's why I don't yeah, remember the a... past. <laughs> but thank you so much. You were such a gentleman. You got it. Great time with you. Awesome show. And I've seen you many Boy, times cool. as well. Thank you, brother. All right, Ross. Thanks Very for the cool. call, man. Appreciate it. Here's Carl in New York on with Stephen Piercy. Hey, Carl. Hey, how you doing? I want to thank you, Stephen, very much. I just I saw you in Syracuse last year. Best show of the New York State Fair with Stephen Piercy. Hands down. Right on. Okay? But I want to thank, thank you for one special gift, okay? I was, I was very close and dear personal friends with Robbie Karras. From Syracuse. Ah, I grew up yes. in the same neighborhood, man. And I want yes. to thank you for being the one man that makes his legacy stay alive by using, yes. by mentioning him in your book. Yes, thank, thank you. you. That is thank that would be uh, that would be Robbie Karras, who was the drummer in Vicious Delight, the side project I had with Mike Duda from Wasp, mm-hmm. and uh, I think who was on guitar there? Tony, uh, uh, a couple of different guys, even Frank stepped in for. It. But you're talking about drummer of uh, Vicious Delight on the record, yeah, man, way cool. Yeah, thank Vicious you. Delight, and also he, he was in the Bullet Boys for a while. Mm-hmm. You're correct. Yes. He was a great yeah. drummer, man. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate the call. Uh, I think we have James in Illinois. We'll try to squeeze one more in here. And James, go ahead. You're on with Stephen Piercy. Hey, Eddie. James. Hey, James, you're on You're on the air. Go ahead for Stephen. Oh, thanks. Uh, uh, Stephen, I just want to tell you the first time I, I heard round and round, I'm a little buzzed. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right on. <laughs> and uh, I know the streak and everything when I heard it mm. on Round and Round and mm. on Skokie Boulevard in Northbrook, Illinois. And when I heard it, I was like, fuck, this is awesome. I have an older brother uh. that turned me on to Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, everything. He's eight years older than me. And I turned him on to you guys and so many other bands because of that. Right on. Well, it's it's ama- thank you, James, for the Very call. Cool. It's amazing music that still holds up incredibly well. Mm-hmm. I've said it so many times. I think people forget just how many hits and huge videos and huge songs Rad had over the decades. And it's great you're keeping it alive with your solo record. And yeah. I think, uh, or your solo band. And yeah. I think all of us as fans hope mm-hmm. that some way the stars can align and we can get you, Juan, but- Bobby and Warren up there one sure, more time. Sure, you know, you be but let's be real about it, you know. I don't I don't pretend or buy anybody's bullshit. So, you know, 
I, I'm, you know, me, like you should know me by now. I move forward and this yeah, is course. it. You know, I pretty much, you let sleeping dogs, sleeping rats, cats, whatever it may be, lie, you know, before, you know. Just, what do you give of the prospect of ever having a rat reunion show 50-50, less than that? Where would you, just, hand, we're in Vegas, handicap yeah, it, right. give the odds. Odds? Uh, 50 50 zero 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 yeah it's done i i it's dead. pretty much you're don't, putting a, don't, a nail no. in the coffin rat it, is it, done but not but you not me rat. but uh, it has nothing to do with me my friend you look you go i i i'm not a beggar here and look if you want a part you want to be a part of your legacy then respect it and be a part of it and tell the world man you know don't just say nothing you know uh there were five important members in this band that made that band right yeah the no ma- doubt. didn't matter who wrote all the songs or who did this that but you know it's like come together or not at all you know what i mean it, it, what was all for one one for all that shit doesn't fly <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if people understand that. But it's it's a it's a hard nut. And look, I, I I'd rather just keep that legacy alive and respected and, and see what happens. All right. Well know. what the five of you what guys did fuck? was special and still stands the test of time. And so I love you. Can go you all. see me on tour. Go see Steven. He's got a bunch of dates. Well, thanks to Steven Piercy for joining me. That interview took place from my Vegas studio. And thanks earlier to Chris Robinson. That interview took place at the SiriusXM studio in Los Angeles. Remember, full shows on the SiriusXM app, full interviews on the app, audio, video, and more. Please be sure to listen every day live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, on volume, SiriusXM channel 106, for my daily show, Trunk Nation. That's where all the interviews you just heard originated from and originally aired live. Also, um, that show replays every night for your convenience on 106. 10 to midnight Eastern, full shows, interviews, everything, anytime you want, on demand on the SiriusXM app. Be sure to follow on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the website. I'll see you guys next Thursday for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. And of course, every day on volume on Trunk Nation on SiriusXM 106. Thanks to Joel Pollack for producing. Catch you later.